Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God thankful for all you guys today. Anybody happy to be here? That's what I'm talking about. That's the stuff. It's the good stuff. So um, we have like a thousand kids here today and that's a good thing though. They're telling me that's a good thing. Um, I'm actually really happy and um, blessed to have them here. Sarah's in there with them for two more weeks and then she'll be in here and Katie. It's going to be awesome. What I want to do first is I want to pray with you guys, and I want you guys to just place your hand over your heart like this, like such, probably more like that. So, Father, this space that we pray over right now is your temple, not this room, but this space our hand is over, and we really need you to dwell in it and be king of it and be at home in it. We pray that we would just be overwhelmed by you today we want to give you space to speak to us so right now everybody together we just want to we want to say to the lord you have um, the right to talk to us today if we've been in hiding we pray that you would show us we don't have to be if we've been in fear we ask that you would show us the truth behind the lie and the fear Um, if we've been living in doubt Pray that you would, you would lead us. We need you to lead us out of doubt, Father. We can't just choose that. We pray that you would lead us into faith. And we pray that this community today, my personal prayer, Jesus, is that this community would be such a loving place that everyone finds a safe place to be who Christ created them to be. It doesn't mean we have to be perfect or fake or put on masks or always be happy. It just means that we find family, and that's my prayer that this will be a family today. In Jesus' name. About 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago, I was at um, Mount Perrin Church of God, the big one, the first one, and they had a youth thing that they would do on, I guess it was 
Sunday nights or Wednesday nights. And for some reason, I had recently gotten a BB gun from somebody in my family, which is a terrible idea to give anybody under the age of 30 a BB gun. I'm just throwing that out there. So I sneak it in the car. I take it to Mount Barron Central. I somehow get it out of the car, and I'm sitting in the woods at Mount Barron Central with a BB gun during, I, I think I was actually like seven or eight, so it was actually 30 years ago. And so we find a little fence up on the top parking lot. If you've ever been to Mount Barron Central, you know that there's like 11 parking lots. And so I just put my BB gun over one of the fences and ba-dink, and I hit the back of this windshield. And literally, <laughs> it, gets cra- it gets really crazy. It, it, so the glass turns green. Like what, this is what happens when you break a car window. And then it goes, <laughs> even crazier, a girl and a guy pop up. <laughs> I swear. I promise they were making out so it was a little bit of god retribution to them (laughs) so as soon as they do that i know i'm pretty safe because they're gonna have to explain what's happened (laughs) not really so literally i jump down off the fence i toss the bb gun i run back into kids church and sit like feverishly in white sweats in the back and because i had formed a little bit of a reputation at this church I was one of the first kid. I was the first kid they came to, and um, I remember sitting across from their whole kid staff. And Josh, is this the one? That's the one. Did you shoot out the back of a window? And I remember being so convincing. I shocked myself that I did not. <laughs> Literally, I was like, "He is going to believe everything I'm saying." I, I actually said to him, "You, you guys know me. You, I'm, I'm seven or eight years old. I'm like, you guys." You guys know my heart, right? Like, I, I wouldn't do that. This is my church. I mean, I think I managed some tears. And I never get caught. I went back to try and find the BB gun. Later, it was gone. That was a little discouraging. Um, but, um, so, was I, was I wrong? Sure, I was wrong. Was what I did bad? Yeah, I was bad. What I was most afraid of wasn't that what those things. What I was most afraid of was being caught by someone who I felt like didn't necessarily care about me. And that was, and that could have just been from my perspective, but that was my perspective. I had a team of people who were ready to convict and um, I was gonna get my way out of it. I did not want to be sentenced. I didn't see that there's like this hope on the other side of it. There wasn't like this room of joy they were gonna lead me to after confessing. And so today we talk about a topic that, man, I didn't want to talk about, and I don't need to hear from anybody of the theology behind. You've got to say the tough things in church. I understand that. I do that. I love that. I'm willing to do that. I did not want to talk about this today. And the disciplines that we walk through, this is one of the spiritual disciplines, confession, and it's just not a word we even like to say. Like, just that word. When I was reading to prepare, I was angry. I was literally thinking of ways to hide without thinking about it. I felt like a two-year-old again. I felt like a, a teenager that was caught with a BB gun again. Whenever this topic comes up, for some reason, our natural instinct is the sentencing. Like, I'm sh- And here's the big thing about confession is I think pretty much everybody knows they're guilty. Like we, we already carry around so much baggage from feeling like we don't add up that when something like confession is talked about in church, it's just like a little bit more, Right? And it's hard. To t- it's hard to look at yourself even more negatively than most of us look at ourselves in a performance society. And so today I am going to talk about confession. Um, and my prayer is that you hear this 
in, in the way that Jesus would speak it and not in the way that I would speak it and that you wouldn't feel a baggage to say you're guilty, right? Like my prayer is at the end, you would just kind of know, yeah, I'm pretty guilty. You know, recently I was talking to a friend about church planning struggles and competitive. I'm just competitive, so I try and be honest about it to you guys so you can keep me accountable. And I just felt, felt like failure. I did some stuffs out of some stuffs out of a bad heart. And um, I told him, I was like, man, I just I feel like I'm a bad leader, you know, and I'm doing some things that aren't awesome leadership. And he was like, well, just say that and, and own it. And I was like, I'm a bad leader. <laughs> and he was like, move on. You need Jesus. That's it. I was like, I need Jesus. That's it. <laughs> the best leader ever. <laughs> this is awesome. So close your eyes. We're going to pray. You're going to go. I'm just kidding. Um, so here's what I want to do today. I want to define it. Do you have the definition of, of this up here? So not many people know this. One of the main definitions of this is to confess actually means to say the same thing or to tell the truth, okay? To say the same thing. One instance where this is seen that maybe you can relate to is those who confess me in front of people, I will confess them in front of my Father in heaven. It's also the idea of confessing a truth that he would say about you. So it's not just I confess, I, I watched 11 hours of Netflix last night, I should have been studying. It's not just that, it's also I confess I am now a part of your family, Jesus, and I am a new creation because you say that. I confess that, to say the same thing as Father. Does that make sense? But first, we're going to talk about something different. Um, I remember when I was at seminary, um, I, just, I was broken at seminary, and it was really just, for me, it was a blessing to get through seminary. I was excited about seminary. Like, you guys all hear my story in high school. I don't have a high school education. Um, I have a general education degree, a good enough degree. Um, I brag about I was in the top 8 percentile of the GED class, so <laughs> I'm just saying... Um, but so college was really difficult for me and then seminary after college was hard but I remember a conversation I had when I first got there because I was still kind of figuring out how I wanted to fall theologically with sin and what does it mean and it was a conversation that stuck with me I was having with somebody that said you need to make sure you sit down every day and ask God to find every secret sin and I was like holy what and automatically that could lead to there's this possible sin that I won't remember. It's going to like send me straight to a place I don't want to go. And I don't want you to do that today. I would rather you not feel like he is hovering over you waiting for you to find every sin. Then I remember a couple years ago I called a friend of mine who's a pastor in South Carolina because I had sin I was dealing with and I was ashamed of it, but I wanted it gone. And I just didn't, I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I was in the light. That sounded really churchy and need to explain. I didn't, I felt like I was hiding from everyone. I didn't want to hide from everyone. I'd rather just be transparent and honest. But sometimes when you're really transparent about stuff, it's the wrong group. Things don't go like you want. That's just life. So I had a friend who was a safe place for me and I called and he met me here. He drove here. Um, awesome friend. Speaks a lot about if somebody's willing to share their darkness, what, what the other person should be willing to do, it says a lot about Jesus, I think. And I just sat across from him, weeped, and said, here's, here's what's going on. Here's, here's what I'm saying to you. This was not a time before I was here. This is a time while I was here. Does that make sense? I want you to hear that. This is not, oh, but God, I'm so different now. I needed somebody because right here, as your pastor, I was struggling and needed help. Okay? 
sat down across from him, wept, um, felt freedom instantly, honestly, like, I felt like somebody had taken off like a wet army suit or something that's heavy that you wear off. I was ready to sing. I think I listened to worship on the way home, and I was like, you know when you're worshiping in your car and you're like, you're just getting it? I was getting it. Getting it. And um, so today, I'm going to talk to you about those two things, confession of actual sin, right, and then confession of who you are in Christ or what he says about you. And I think they got to go together. Don't just fall into the trap of confessing sin because that's your end thereof, and that is not the end thereof. Sin and confessing is a bridge. Confession is like this bridge that you skip over to places like in Psalm 23 last week, next to streams and next to rivers of living water where your Father is shepherding you in Sabbath, but even in work beautifully done to a place of peace, right? Confession leads you across a bridge to peace. You can come out of hiding you can be alive. I'll be honest with you. I am going to eventually say something that offends you because I want to be honest with you. I want the culture here to be, I do not care who walks in with what. They can say it here and find a home. If we need jail later, we can do that. I want this to be a place where the love of Christ and the forgiveness of Christ and the gospel message, which was he embodied sin, he became sin, and then conquered it, is even over and above the laws of our land. That's what I want in this community, so that anybody can say anything, the best person can say the worst thing, and it can be received, and you don't judge them, and you don't need to convict them, and you don't need to sentence them. But they need to sense that you're leading them over this bridge to a place of peace and rest. And that is the message of Jesus, whether we like it or not. He is not convicting us. Amen? Amen and amen? All right, so 1 John 1, 9. Do you have this up here for me, Judith, real quick? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Really quickly, I want to just clarify two types of sin, okay? There's one that's sin nature. It's what we were born with. I've, I've preached this to you maybe five times. You're born into a sin nature because of the fall. Adam and Eve made some decisions. Because of that, we're born with a sin nature. It has its own thirsts and, and desires. That's what you're born with. So at salvation, when you receive Christ, it's not the second kind of sin, which are acts, okay? Acts of sin. I do these things. It harms other people. The Ten Commandments are really all about that, about how this affects a community or a person, so these are two kinds, the nature that we carry, it's not a decision, it's what we, what we inherited, and then there's the decisions, okay? The first part is, is salvation related. The nature, prayer, when you pray for salvation, or if you ever have, or if you want to, you're not praying that God will forgive your specific sins. You're asking for a transfer of nature, hamartano, it's missing the mark. Literally, it means I have missed the mark from birth, and so... When salvation happens, it talks about you being a new creation because your old self is gone. Your new, does that make sense? That's not what I'm talking about here. If you're not a believer, if you have not experienced the freedom of Jesus, that's your entrance. If you entered the other way where you had to forget these 11 sins, you've probably struggled since then. And I just want to pray freedom over you from that, right? But after salvation, there is still sin, right? There's still sin. Everybody in here. Every one of us, if everything was laid bare, would run from this room, horrified that someone would actually know that stuff. Horrified. There's stuff in my life you guys would be like, what? That is a pastor? Not really. I mean, <laughs> I say that so it looks like I'm relating. I don't actually sin. 
just kidding, I sin. So the second one, though, the, the sins that we create after salvation are built already on a foundation of hope. You know your Savior. You know He is good. He loves you and came after you. He has fought for you, right? Prodigal son story. He came after you. He loved you. You fell in love. It, you didn't deserve it, right? Woman caught in, in adultery. Woman caught um, in front of Jesus, right? Who are your accusers now? No one. Go and sin no more. You know that Jesus that's so good that you want to taste and see how much goodness you can get that's built on that. It's not built on... I receive forgiveness, now I'm saved, and then I'll get to heaven. You know, like most terribly written song ever was um, a few years ago. <laughs> I'm going to sing it. I'm going to sing it. Um, I just don't want to be with you. Remember that song? I just want this waiting to be over. No? Anybody? I just want to be with you. <laughs> just bad theology, right? Because we actually have him now, right? Kingdom now kingdom of God now. He doesn't forgive our sins so that we can make it to heaven. He forgives our sins to send kingdom through a people to a place. In Ryan, as it is in heaven, is speaking of what is there being here now. It's like whole nother realm in this realm that's actually more real. So for, for me, I want you to be alive all through your life, right? I want you to go from hiding to being at peace and living openly, and feeling like I struggled, man, I am at a place now where when I'm actually struggling, I would rather discuss it with someone because it's just better to get it out in the open. I've been at a place where there's been so much inside me that, I've, that I'm hiding, I don't even know who I am. We hide so well. And so Cor Cornelius Platinga Jr. says this, sin breaks peace and interferes with the way things should be. In sin, we move away from his presence, okay? Sin distorts even the way your, your ability is to look at sin. Does it make sense? When you sin, it's not that he hates you, and you all know that. It's that your whole persona and psyche and everything has shifted, and it's hard to understand, moving away from the presence of Jesus. And so, is it private or is it corporate? I do believe it's private. That's our natural inclination when we feel like we're struggling with someone, me and Jesus, I'm going to have a sit down with Jesus. I do this like every single day. Father, here's what I've done today. And it's not just neat stuff. I didn't just like say crap. Like, oh, thank, forgive me for saying crap. Like legitimate nasty sin. Jesus, oh man, I, I want, and he knows my heart. I do want it. I want everything he has. And I believe that's an aspect of, of actual confession. But then there's the confession that is about the body with the body which is more difficult to discuss. But there's actual passages written about this. Can you bring up James and John really quickly? Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that they may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You can, uh, we're going to stop there. We're not going to talk about Elijah. Um, that's my fault. You can go to the next one. And this is John um, 20. On that evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. You can go to the next one. Should be one more. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And then 
of course, exactly what we would have wrote right here. Uh, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven, and if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven, like exactly where we would have gone there, right? No, it's so interesting. And so is it private? Yes. Is it communal? I absolutely believe it is. There's a couple people in this room that I'm, they're my safe people, right? There are some unsafe people. We'll talk about this in a minute. In confession, I think you should find the right person, and they should be marked by a love for you, a love for Jesus, a realization of their own sin and their own ability to do awful, nasty stuff that harms people. I think um, there needs to be a good, healthy amount of wisdom. I think if they are gossipers, if they talk bad about other people to you, and make, it makes you feel better in that, there's some kind of weird thing that happens when you kind of unite in gossip. You feel like you're, if that's happening, don't share that stuff with that person, right? You should find a person who is in love with Jesus and loves you and that you could say anything to and they would hug you. Does that make sense? And my prayer is that a whole community would be that, but realistically, just that statement alone horrifies all of you, right? Because no one wants to lay bare the depth and the darkness of our hearts. But God gives us brother and sister to stand in the place of Christ and profess forgiveness. This is crazy, what I just read you. If you let people know that they're forgiven, they're forgiven. If you don't, they don't. They're not forgiven. This is not saying we create forgiveness. This is not you coming to me and saying, Josh, I heard about what you said. I need you to forgive me. I don't, I don't have the power to forgive you except for what might have been done to me. But I do have the power to be like a transient, like a funnel, maybe not like a funnel, but like a, what goes between one thing and another? Conduit bridge, a bridge do it, a median. Don't call me a median, actually. Calm down, guys. <laughs> not a median. Is it a medium? I'm not a medium median. I'm a lower, I'm more of a lower median. I'm sorry, forgive me. I've sinned. <laughs> Um, amen, amen. When people start talking too much, though, I start to lose my track, and I, it just feels weird, like where I'm at right now. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stop. So, okay, private confession is good, but we need to learn to share with one another that we actually are able to proclaim something that's already finished. So he finished it, we profess it. And in profession, people can actually be forgiven in that spot. And in not being that conduit, people may not be forgiven. That's what that says, not what I say. So theologically, if somebody's just like, what, what did you just say? That's what that says. That if we don't actually are able to sit before people and explain the message of the gospel and that he came not because he hated man but because he was drawn to the cross by love and he is pursuing with love and he is pursuing with relationship and he is coming to give and forgive if we don't give that it won't like it won't happen that's what it's saying that's why taking the gospel to people is so important not only do they get to go to heaven, but they get to experience the kingdom now, which is life now. You want everyone in your life to walk into that. Every person around you should have access to the kingdom that you cry about, to the kingdom that you weep over, to the one that you had to walk through fear and trembling to make sure you had it right and still are doing that. Every person in your life should at some point have the opportunity to, for you to be that Christ that stands in front of them, right? So you have to be willing to do that. 
A couple things about community. We're a fellowship of sinners, okay? Hear me when I say this. Um, the reason many of us hide is because we feel like we're the worst in the room, right? Most of us are not the worst in the room. I know the worst one in this room. I'm going to have her stand up really quickly. We're a fellowship of sinners, everyone in here. So a transparent community that can talk about really hard things to talk about doesn't start to highlight people that need to be excommunicated. It starts to highlight people that need to be drawn in, and it creates a culture of love and transparency. And you got to come to this body that I know about, that you can share exactly the depth of your pain and weakness and brokenness, and there will actually be healing and prayer, and they will lay hands on you even if you don't want it for healing. That's the community of Jesus that I want to be a part of. So I want, to, I want you to know that you can own it, you know, like Charles, who's um, Andy Stanley's dad? Charles Stanley, that's him. <laughs> Charles Stanley is his name. Best message I ever heard him preach was on the way home from a youth thing I did like 10 years ago, and he said, whenever you're struggling with sin, don't be vague. And he said, because we're like, God, forgive all my trespasses. And there's some theology that's like, I don't need to own any sin. Christ has given me everything. That's, that's awesome and amazing, but there is the depravity of our decisions. We still make and we still harm. And he said, you own. You own and say to him, here is how I sinned. Not so that you can be convicted with your BB gun in hand, but so that you can be led to freedom. You can own it in a safe community. You can own what you did, what you're doing, what you don't want to do. You can own it, right? Like you can own it and find freedom and healing and you can be loved, right? But even here, there are people that still don't get that and so that's just the world. Be careful. Um, and you can also, this passage is talking about something we really don't like to do. If you've wronged someone, you need to say something to them. If you've hurt someone, no, they just need to get over it. This is the kingdom, right? Like, we're all free. Amen. No, if you've wronged someone, step in, right? If you've abused someone, if you've harmed someone, if your fear has put you in a place where you've started responding out of fear and labeling or gossiping or hurting, step in. Be honest. Unless there's no chance for the relationship. If there's no chance for the relationship, then being honest is really just probably going to not be good. But you know the ones that are there that you're like, man, I've been jealous of this person. I did it recently with a friend of mine. Um, I do it all the time. I'm, I'm over honest. I'm awkwardly honest. You don't want to meet with me a lot. Because I'm going to talk about like, things that are uncomfortable because I just feel like it's important. Talk about it. Get it out there. I want you to know that you can own what you've done, and it's not you. It's not your identity. The worst mistake you've ever made, it's not your identity. The best success you've ever had, it's not your identity. Right? And in this body, we become the active, living, breathing Christ, manifest on earth to bring his kingdom, which is from another place, to here, which is completely unified, all unison, in unison, singing awesome choir songs. We don't even have choir, but you probably love choir in heaven is my thought, I think. So that's what we get to offer people. Secondly, we're good on time right now, so nobody give me the look. I'm just warning you. I'm warning you. Um, confess and say the same thing that he is saying about you. Whereas fear keeps us from stepping into the first type of confession of being found, doubt keeps us from confessing the second type, which is I am a son of God and I am 100% forgiven, this nature, and I have a future, you know, like I, I can be excited about where he's leading. It could be hard at times, it could mean 
selling everything. It could mean stepping away from prestige. But in the process, it's going to be beautiful. I need to be able to say, I have been selected. I have been chosen. I have been forgiven. I am his. I am a part of a body, and I have an actual voice in that body. I have a place in the body where it doesn't even matter if they don't think I have a place. I have a place because the word says I have a place. I have something to offer in service, not my gift. And get that out of your head. It's not your gift, okay? It's a gift for us, so thanks. <laughs> Appreciate your willingness to share. But you, you're gifted. You have a gift set for the kingdom to love people that you can walk in. Like all of these things are things that if you doubt any of it, you're probably not going to walk in it, right? And I'll say this even. If, you, if you're afraid to share in confession of the first degree, which is hamartano, the sin, you're probably less likely to confess this. I think there's somehow a, a symmetry to both. If I'm willing to be honest about the truth, then it sets you up for the honesty about what's really there. And what's really there is better than what you thought. But you have to learn. Con- confession is how we live. Confession is not just about na- it's not just about a sin. Confession is how we live. I confess Christ. I confess how, how much I love you. Tr- it's, it's truth. It's saying truth. Or it's saying the same thing. So confession is the way that we live. And I will say what I love about the definition, it's saying the same thing, is confession actually involves speaking. It actually is not just what I like to do a lot, which is sitting, Jesus, I don't know why I do this for my confession post. (laughs) Jesus, uh, like when you're in a wedding, you're like, Jesus, forgive me for my sins, inner monologue. So, again, I'm lost. I blame you guys for laughing at my joke, so... (laughs) Um, somebody help me, where was I at? Throw, throw me a bone. It's about speaking, yes. So in speaking, speaking involves community or you're crazy, okay? Literally, like if you're talking to yourself, you're not crazy, but speaking, it's talking about speaking to say the same thing because it's, it's drawing you into community. I will speak these things. This is why building one another up in love or truthing, like turning that word into a verb, truthing in love in, in Thessalonians. So you can, you can speak somebody's identity over them, not because you've seen it, but because he saw it, and he did it, and it is. So you can speak into someone's future before they even know it. You, people are children of God, created in his image. Friday night here, we had a leadership thing. She was saying, God created you, you're the glory. You know, he, he created you because he wanted to glory in you. He loves you. Like, you can speak that over someone who doesn't even get it, because we say the same thing, right? That's beautiful to me. So I think that, so the bridge leading us from hiding to peace or leading us from doubt into a place of peace that we're a new creation, we're chosen, we're not condemned, we're sons and daughters, we're part of a body, he has plans. So I wanted to do a quick thing at the end to challenge you guys today because I always do that. Last week felt awkward, but I liked it. Um, It's okay to say it. I want you to say it. Will you say these words with me? Doggone it. <laughs> say, it's okay, it's okay. To, say it. to say it. Amen. That's, that part was my part. <laughs> it's okay to say it. Whether it's, here's what I did, it's okay to say it. If, if it's received terribly, it's not your fault. Does that make sense? And if it means that some secondary action needs to take place, that's okay. God will lead you through it. If you've if you've hurt someone and you need to say it, say it to a person that you know is safe 
And then you might need to go walk over to somebody and say, I'm really sorry. God will walk with you and lead you. Here's how he leads. Can you pull up? There's like three passages I gave you. Um, actually, four. I want to read. The, I'm read. Is this Psalm? Yeah, this is Psalm. It's Psalm, by the way. It's not Psalms, okay? Enough with the Psalms. <laughs> psalm. All right, here we go. Search me. <laughs> sorry. I'm a diva. All right. All right, so here's the scariest prayer to pray ever. Here's the scariest prayer to pray ever. This is the kind of prayer you pray when you sit down and you say, I'm, I'm getting a cup of coffee and I'm going to spend some time with the Lord and it's him and me and it's not me. <laughs> it's going to be him. This is a him time, okay? Listen to me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I'm going to read it again. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So how does he love us first? You can go to the next one. Well, first of all, we love because he first loves us. You can go to the next one. That's... Um, passage was that first John yeah 419 I led them with cord. this is Hosea I led them with cords of kindness with the bands of love and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws and I bent down to them and fed them this is just the heart of our father even coming through the old testament to the new uh, you can go to the next one and this is Luke and he arose and came to his father but while he was still a long way off his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. So search us, God, and know us. Like, let that be the rhythm, not so that you can be sentenced. That's the crazy, unfair thing about Jesus. Like, we deserve sentencing, and then we're not sentenced. And I think we love that for ourselves, but you've got to see other people that way too. They deserve sentencing, and we probably usually sentence them for Jesus because he's probably asking us to sentence people. No, this is for everyone. This is why you can become a hearer of anything at any time from any person and not be horrified and taken aback and need to bring in people because you are a conduit of Jesus Christ who came to destroy walls, not build them, who came to bring peace and unity, and who came to love by dying. Everybody say dying. dying. Yes. So, James, could you, Sheely, could you go ahead and come up? I don't know why I would say your last name because other James wouldn't. Justin, Camille, that's why. <laughs> Justin, Camille, would you come up? Um, so here's what I want to ask you to do. I just want you to be honest about, see, this community to me is going to get more beautiful and more nasty. It's, I think it's like both sides. It's going to be the more loving you are, the more people who need love. And the more honest you are, the more transparency that happens in a community, the more generosity can happen. But you've got to have honest transparency or no generosity is coming. And I believe in both of those things. And so this is a place right now that you can, you can say, search me, O God. And if he leads you to someone else, you don't have to come to a pastor. You don't have to, I would, I'll pray with you. I love that. I'll, you can say anything to me and literally I would not convict you. I would just hear you, pray for you, love you. But there's also people sitting right next to you that have the same ability. It's the body of Christ. It's not just me. And then secondly, is there something that he's been speaking over you through the word, through a community, through a song, through anything that is about who you are in him now that you have been doubting? Let that sink in. 
Is there something you're not believing that if you just believed it, it would change everything about the way you live? Confess it today. Can we have our prayer teams come up? <laughs> this to me is an awesome service. I'm just, I'm just, inter- I'm just confessing. Um, I, I loved it, and it was a hard topic, so thank you, Jesus, for getting me through it and it not being totally offensive. Um, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take some time. We're, we, get, we got done early for us today. Um, take some time. Search me, O oh God, know my heart. React how you need to react. Let him lead you. I believe he leads. He speaks to his sheep. The sheep know his voice. Let him bring healing, right? Like he came to love and forgive and give. Those are the building blocks. Like he is passionately pursuing you in a way that would shock you to love him. And then it would be a natural. Let him do that. If even confession alone makes you feel like you want to run because you can't handle any, anything else about yourself that's awful, that's not for you today. Today, your confession is, I need you. Oh, I need you. And, and I think he's going to respond. So, Father, we just, we just pray for space, that this will be a safe place to be honest with you, for questioning, for uh, transparency, for hope. Uh, I just, I've sensed the word restoration all week for people, that he is wanting to restore he is wanting to restore even stronger than before. It's like when you break a bone, when it heals, it's stronger. He's wanting to do that. He's wanting to restore people today, but you have to let him in. You have to let him in. It's scary and it's, um, it's hard, but it's beautiful. And you can trust him. He's trustworthy. So Jesus, we give you space. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.